0: Preparing to live stream the webinar. Done redirecting to YouTube. Okay, we are live. Welcome everyone to episode 108 of DiviChat. Uh, we're going to be talking about Google Analytics and we have an awesome panel. Before we dive into all the fun stuff, talking about Google Analytics. Let's go ahead and introduce everyone. Sarah, let's start with you.
1: Hey, I'm Sarah Oates from Endure Web Studios, and you can catch me at Endure Web on the socials or endure.com.au.
0: Awesome. Glad to have you here, Sarah. Josh.
2: Hey, guys. Good to be back with you this week. I'm Josh based in Columbus, Ohio and you can find all my divi wordpress and web design related stuff over at my site at joshhall.co. My web design business is called Intransit Studios if you ever want to check out our portfolio and see what we're up to there.
0: Awesome, glad to have you here Josh. And this was Josh's topic. So, uh we we had to cancel it once and then we had people asking about it. So, I'm I'm super stoked. I love nerdy things like analytics, so I'm excited. Um <laughs> So yeah, beside uh, despite what it says, I am not David Blackman. <laughs> I don't know how to change that. David's normally the one that is hosting. Unfortunately, David is down for the count. He is sick. So, uh, he'll be with us on the next one. Uh, same with Corey. Corey had a lot going on. He usually fills in for David. Um, but yeah, I'm Tim Streifler and you can find me online at timstreifler.com, divvylife.com and wpgears.com. So, um, Google Analytics is something that can be very technical, which obviously we're not going to be doing any screen sharing. This is a a podcast, so we'll do our best to paint the picture and and kind of talk about things um, without kind of getting bogged down on the the technical side of things. Um, Josh has some awesome tutorials that we'll we'll put in the, the live chat as well as in the show notes. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and, and dive right in. Normally, I'm the the definer. Um, David usually kicks it over to me to kind of define the topic and what it is. Um, I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to Josh since this was his topic idea. So, I'm the
2: new Tim. I'm going to have the definition. <laughs> well, I mean, in short, Google Analytics is essentially the the numbers and all of the data behind your website. So, um, it is. I like to think about Google Analytics in three really important areas. Who people are, uh, who's looking at your site, what they're doing, and how they got there. And there's a few different things we could cover. Again, I know it's kind of tricky because we're not actually doing like a a screencast or a a screen grab of of looking at Google Analytics. But um, those are the three main things that I look for with Google Analytics. So it's just basically... Um, the long and short of it, if you're not familiar with Google Analytics at all, if you're brand new to this, what's really cool about it is it's free to use. So you can sign up for Google Analytics as long as you have a Gmail account. And you can do this with your Gmail account or if your client has a Gmail account, they can add you to their Google Analytics. But it's really cool. You go to analytics.google.com, you can sign up and then you can put up to, I think it's still up to 100 sites properties on Google Analytics and you can use those. So I... I manage over 70 sites with my website uh, maintenance plan and we're still using free Google Analytics so it's pretty cool. But in short, yeah, you get a free analytics account and then you basically can hook those up with as many sites as you want and then you get all the stats in real time and it's just it's really it's one of the most it's one of the coolest most easy things to to be able to use I think nowadays because to me I'm still boggled that it's still free. I don't know how you guys feel about that but I'm still very surprised <laughs> that it's still free right now. And I don't know if that's going to change eventually, but it's pretty darn cool.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like they might pull a Google Maps on us where it'll like still like kind of be free, but you'll have to jump through a bunch of hoops and API keys and all this stuff in order to continue <laughs> using it. Hopefully that doesn't happen because I love how easy it is to, to use. And um, yeah, that was a, a great definition. I mean, it really is a numbers game. What I like about, um, I guess, I mean, g- analytics, but really... Kind of internet marketing in general is how measurable everything is if you compare like what we have with websites and, and online stores and so forth with like a, a brick and mortar store someone walks into your store you don't know how they heard about you you don't know if they were just happened to be passing by or if they heard about you from a friend if they you know found you in uh, the phone book if that still exists um, <laughs> you don't know pages. They, The yellow pages, exactly. Um, And so, yeah, you can survey the customers and stuff. But with a website, like for every single visitor, you know so much about them. Now, I know like GDPR, privacy concerns and stuff has uh, kind of put a damper on all of that, um, I guess, uh, information that you have on users. But um, the stuff we're going to talk about here is so powerful for making marketing decisions. Um, I'm going to let Sarah jump in uh, here. Uh, Josh and I have been talking so far anything you want to add to kind of what we've been talking about so far Sarah
1: No, I mean, I think Google Analytics can be really powerful It can be really like you can do a lot with it But you can also do just a little bit with it And I think sometimes people can feel like Google Analytics is really overwhelming Um, But even for like a, a really basic website um, it can be just really useful to know, well, how many people are coming to my website? Like just really basic information. So even if you feel overwhelmed by Google Analytics or even if you're not offering your clients, like if you've got clients, you're not offering them the world of things. Like I just offer really basic Google Analytics information for my clients and that's all they need. They just need to know roughly how many people are coming to the website and where's that traffic coming from. Um, and we'll probably talk about it later, but I also put a plug plugin onto my website onto my clients dashboard so that they can see that in a graph and they can change a few bits and pieces and see different information and for them that's all they need they don't even log into google analytics they don't then they don't even have like the account details nothing like that i just have this plugin that then when they're in the back end of their website they can see information and that's enough for them so it doesn't have to be complex but it also can be really complex so i think that's the beauty of it
2: that's a great call and that's one thing i love about it too so the way i work it is with my monthly plan, Google Analytics is included with that for all my clients. And I have that set up through WP, which is where I manage all my WordPress sites. And that integrates seamlessly with Google Analytics. So what's really cool about that is when we send out our monthly reports, it sends each client a snapshot of their monthly paid views, traffic, main search terms, just the main points like Sarah's talking about. But... If a client is interested in more detail, they want to look at all of their pages in more detail. They want to look at how long people are on the pages and stuff like that, or they want to look at geography and they want to see where the majority of their traffic is coming from, then I can either, generally what I do is just get a Gmail from them and then give them user permissions for the analytics account. So that way they can see the analytics. Uh, They can view that in more detail. And then I have... A little, and what, one thing I was going to mention, too, is I was going to um, give two links for the show notes for this show. I do have like a 10-minute just overview beginner tutorial on Google Analytics that I think will help a lot of people visually understand it, particularly those of you who are just starting out. Because I like I, I did not know what I was doing for years with Google Analytics, and I just kind of fumbled my way through it. And then one day it just clicked with me. I was like, oh, that's what this section's for. That's what this section does. And so that's kind of what I try to lay out in that video and then um, the other video I was going to give as well is a link to show you how to set up Google Analytics without a plugin. So you can actually set up an account, take the tracking code, and there's a little little place in Divi where you can put the code. And then, boom, that's all you have to do. You start getting numbers. So it's pretty cool. So
1: we should note on that, like, um, that in the back end of Divi, they're in under Divi theme options integration, there is a spot where you can put your code, but Divi says, so there's the head section and then there's the body section. And Divi says in brackets, "Put this is a great spot for you to put your code and it's under the body. So I have a horror story to share and it's because of this little sentence that Divi has and maybe someone should give them feedback, I don't know, but you should not put it there. You should put it in the head section. So when you go to do that, please put it in the head section. Don't put it in the body. So when I was first starting out, I believed that and I did that. And so I had a client who recently, so I've been in business for a while now, recently said to me, look, we really need to like get on top of our traffic. They're not actually a maintenance client. So that's my defense, but I had built their website three years ago. And we, I was saying to them, You guys have, like, no traffic. I was laughing at them a little bit. Like, you have, like, two people, three people visiting you every day. Like, not really very much. Like, I don't know. You're going to have to, like, up your game or something. Anyway, I went and had a look in the back end. And sure enough, the code was sitting in the body section, not in the head section. I put it in the head section. And guess what? They're getting 2,000 visitors a month. Like... (laughs) Really embarrassing for me, but just so that you guys know, you really need to put it in the head section, not in the body section, because otherwise you're going to get inaccurate information and potentially your clients are going to think they have no traffic when actually they might have traffic.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I I was putting it there as well, Sarah, in the body section, and I didn't have any stories like that. It still seemed to work. But where I found it beneficial to have it in the head section of the integrations part, is that um, once the site is live, I have kind of a a checklist of how to submit the site to Google and Search Console and all that. And if you do Google Analytics first and you put the tracking code in the head, then it's really easy to integrate Google Webmasters because all you have to do is say, verify it through Google Analytics, it goes to your account and it automatically starts putting in all the information. So that's where I found it really bis- beneficial was to have yeah. it in the head. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why it's labeled like that. I'm really surprised that Elegant Themes has not fixed that.
0: Uh, yeah, but yeah I definitely go in the head because I mean that their theme options that that text that says you know for the body a great place to put uh, tracking codes like yeah. Google analytics. It's been like that for years and years well before Divi, like when they're old things, And I think at that time, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure uh, the Google Analytics code, tracking code was a little bit different. And so I'm pretty sure back then it either didn't matter or it was recommended be in the body section and they changed it later. Um, Because yeah, that seems like a a pretty big oversight, but it is also um, makes you think, why haven't they updated it? I think just to be
1: safe, like it's great that Josh hasn't had issues with it, but to be safe, just put it in the head section. It's, it does not slow down your website that much. So just do it, put it in the head section and just be sure that you're definitely going to be getting accurate information. Cause for this client, like they were shocked and it changed the way that they were doing things because they suddenly discovered, you know, people were reading their blogs and it suddenly gave them motivation to write more blogs. They thought no one was reading their blogs and that was my fault. So yeah, highly recommend head section.
0: And that actually brings us to a, a good part here. Um, in terms of you know if if that freaks you out adding the code to you know the theme options and all that uh, you can add a plugin. Some people they don't want to add any extra plugins you know having to manage that manage the updates and stuff and that's fine. But if you want the the ease of adding a, a plugin or you also want a plugin that will pull in some of the reports like Sarah mentioned so it's right in the dashboard you know some of their basic traffic information. Um, there's some really great plugins. Um, the ones that I I noted here uh monster insights um the the free version is is great it's 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 basic it's um all you have to do is is put in your your uh ua code i forgot what ua stands for uh, i used to think it was universal analytics code but it's actually something else um <laughs> but uh yeah it has to do with the uh the previous cuz google analytics actually acquired google analytics and it used to be called something else and it was the name of the company um but anyways uh all you have to do is pop in that little ua code and then the plugin does the rest. You don't have to uh, put in any any script codes or anything like that. It's just like a 16-digit code you get from Google. Does it do
1: anything else for you, though? Because I feel like why would you use a plugin when it's already built in with the ability in Divi just to stick it in the integration tab?
0: I think the only real benefit would be... Um, some of those plugins will add a a widget in the dashboard yeah, okay, right. or or a tab that will pull in some of the the, the basic reporting info um into the dashboard uh which is cool and it does that through the google api so it's not like going to be storing that in your website or anything like that so you don't have to worry about it pulling all these reports and storing it in your on your server but um so yeah i think that's probably the main thing or just the ease of 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 dropping that in. i agree using the the script code and divi theme options is is very easy and simple but and it kind of
1: negates like the issue that if someone deactivates the plugin on you you suddenly not connected to Google Analytics. Like if you've got it built into Divi, then I guess if someone's going to change their theme, then they would think the plugin makes more sense because then it stays there. But if you're planning on sticking with Divi, I would think yep. it's safe to put it in integration section.
2: That's yeah. true. And uh, UA stands for User Analytics, by the way, Tim. I believe.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought it was something completely random, but is it
2: random? I thought it was else. User Analytics. We'll have to you work could that be out.
0: right. Yeah. Um, and actually, I thought of another reason. So, for uh, you know, a basic website, you're just trying to track the the traffic and and all of the the, the data that comes with it. Then, um, the yeah plugin might not be as necessary. But where I think a big benefit is is for e commerce sites. So, mm-hmm. uh, the extra parameters and measuring and stuff that has to to be done um, is possible to do just with the snippet uh, or the, the script code that you put in Divi theme options, but I think it's probably more trouble than it's worth. So if you're using WooCommerce or easy digital downloads, there's a few different plugins that can help. Um, and all you do is again, you put that UA code in, it automatically integrates with WooCommerce and tracks, you know, the ads. So what are the
1: best plugins for that?
0: So Monster Insights Pro will do easy digital downloads and WooCommerce. Uh, WooCommerce on their extension store, uh, I think it's called WooCommerce Google Analytics Pro is another one. That's what I used previously. Um, and then I use one by some random third party with easy digital downloads. I can't remember the name of it, um, yeah. but mo- most people are using WooCommerce. So yeah, I would probably recommend one of those two, uh, Monster Insights or- Do you have any Google preferences between
1: the two or is there big cost differences between the two?
0: Um, that's a great question. <laughs> um, <I> think Sorry. <laughs> No, no, no. I think one benefit is M- Monster Insights does both EDD and WooCommerce. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if you have sites that use both of those e-commerce platforms or if you're planning on switching, you know, that could be a benefit. Um, I can't remember how much Monster Insights Pro is. I had it up here. Um, I think they're both uh, sort of pricey. Um, yeah, Monster Insights Pro is 200 bucks a year where... Google Analytics, WooCommerce Google Analytics Pro, I think is only about $80 a year. So there is a cost difference there. Yeah. Okay. So I thought it might be kind of cool if
2: I could give you kind of a real world example on how I use Google Analytics with my stuff. And I could talk about some client stuff, but I thought it might be kind of cool to to share how we practically use this. That way it's just more, I mean, some clients like you guys have talked about just want to see maybe some page views or they just want to see what search terms are getting traffic to their site. I don't have too many clients that use it in a whole lot of detail, but some do, and it's been a huge, huge benefit. Um, so practically one way I use Google analytics for my Josh site is with Facebook ads. So for example, I'm I'm checking out my analytics right now. And for those of you who are either logged in Google Analytics or checking this out while we're doing this episode, if you go under audience, there is a section called geo. What that stands for is geography. And what's really cool about this, what's really cool and slightly really creepy is that if you go under geo and under location, you can actually see every little, you can see dots that on every machine that has hit your website. So you'll see a map of the whole world. And then you'll see uh, in darker colors what countries are most popular and for my site for example i'm just going to drill down into the us which is where most of my traffic comes and then i can view it by state so i can look at what states are most popular or where i'm getting the most traffic and then when i view a state again you can see every little machine you can see a dot for every machine that hits your website so it's really cool it's really creepy but <laughs> the reason this is so beneficial is when I go to do Facebook ads and I actually just looked at this recently and, and kind of thought about how I want to do this. I can see, and I'll just be transparent here. The majority of my traffic over the past three months has come from California and Texas. So I'm sure California That's is my two
0: States out. right there.
2: I'm sure <laughs> out my site. And then I'm sure Tim is on my yeah. site every day, watching exactly. my tutorials. So uh, no, but it is, it's, it's really cool because I'm going to use this practically by saying, okay, when I do Facebook ads, I want to make sure I'm not doing ads in places that are not going to translate to sales. So I am absolutely going to target ads to California and to Texas, and then I'm looking. My next highest are Florida and New York, uh, and then Ohio is up there too. Just I'm probably based here in Columbus, but those few states are I'm getting a lot of traffic. So. Um, that's just one practical way that I use Google analytics to affect my marketing for my website. And then I'll do the same thing with clients, um, from a regional perspective, let's say I'm working with like one of my clients is a photography studio and they get clients from mostly central Ohio. And what we'll do is we'll look at their Google analytics because they do print ads and other advertisements in different uh, markets here locally is we can look at what cities and what towns in central Ohio are getting them the most traffic to their website. Let's market there. Because if we market to a town where nobody knows about them, that might have some benefits, but it would be a lot better to market to a town that has a lot of traffic that's already going there. Um, So there's just a couple of practical ways that I use Google Analytics with my yeah, marketing.
0: That's awesome. One thing I want to touch on really quick, uh, you mentioned it's a little creepy, uh, which yeah, it, it is crazy what IP address tracking and all that stuff can do. I, I mentioned it um, earlier, uh, you know, about GDPR. And so I want to touch on this really quickly before I forget. Um, some people, you know, think that Google Analytics is, you know, against GDPR, or, or I guess GDPR is against Google Analytics and tracking that you have to get uh, permission from the user before you can let Google Analytics track them. And that's actually not true. Um, and I, have, I did a whole long video tutorial and blog post, and I'll post a link in the chat and then in the show notes too. Um, really, if, uh, in order to make sure that uh, Google Analytics is not collecting any uh, personally identifiable information, um, all you have to do is there's a setting in Google Analytics uh, called Anonymize IP Addresses, Um, Or I think, and actually this is another benefit to use a plugin. Um, Monster Insights is one click a checkbox to anonymize uh, IP addresses. And then now you don't have to worry about GDPR because the IP address, it'll still track the location, but not down to the exact IP address. It'll leave off the last couple digits. So you can still do exactly what Josh was talking about. Being able to, you know, see what states and even what cities and, uh, you know, parts of cities, but you won't be able to see, you know, the exact IP address. And so, um, you know, that's a- another reason why a plugin might be beneficial. Um, and then also uh, because if if you have uh, a little notice that says, you know, give us your permission before, uh, you know, we're gonna have Google Analytics track you, you know, or whatever. Obviously, you'd word it better than that. People aren't gonna say, okay, track me. You know, it's just not gonna happen. But if you're doing everything that so that you are gdpr legal 100 percent whether you're in europe or you have a lot of traffic coming from europe then you're fine and so um because uh google analytics is one of those things where there's so much power there but you know if people have to opt into it then they're just not going to because there's no benefit to them um so and then it, there is a second part to that too um you have to make sure that there's no personal information that's getting uh, captured in a URL and then therefore that would be captured in Google Analytics. So say, for example, you have a form plugin that's sending, um, you know, the contact information, the name and email through the URL, uh, URL parameters so that it can populate another form somewhere else um, in the next page that can potentially be captured by Google. And so you have to kind of look through your Google Analytics, and make sure it's not, uh, capturing any sensitive information. Um, and you do that just by looking at all of your pages that Google Analytics is tracking. Um, so yeah, I know that's boring uh, technical stuff, but <laughs> it, it is really, important.
1: It's, it important. is important. And it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things we don't really want to think about, especially if we don't live in the UK. Um, exactly. But that is we don't need to think about it.
2: Yeah, I had a client last year ask me, he was like, is there a way to, when somebody visits my site, I automatically have their email and all their info. <laughs> like, I, I go to these sites and they, and then I get an email from them. And I'm like, I don't think that's exactly how that <laughs> Opted in for something or yeah. you're part of a newsletter or something like that. I'll, uh, I'm sure, yeah, that, first of all, I don't know that's even possible. And second, that's definitely going to be uh, breaking some, some laws and some yeah. privacy restrictions <laughs> there. So, one of
1: the other ways that I use Google Analytics is if I need to do some big updates on a website, then you can see users by time of day. And so, there's this little graph and it shows you the time of the day and the weekdays and it shows you really heavy times of use and then really light times of use. And it's never going to be like 100%, but if you're going to do something where you know it's going to impact the traffic on your website and you're going to have to take it down, even just for like five minutes or something, you can choose to do it at a time when traditionally it's not a very popular time on your website and it might surprise you the times that aren't very popular sometimes you know you feel like you know when people would look at your website but in actual fact like you can do it right in the middle of the day because no one goes there on a Tuesday or like whatever it is so that can be really useful and the other thing that can be really useful is seeing uh Devices Like, mm-hmm. so if you can get access to someone's Google analytics before you take on a website that can be really useful because you can be able to look at their history and be able to say, well, like 90% of your traffic is mobile, so we need to start mobile design first kind of thing or like 90% of your traffic is on a desktop. Like people just, they don't need to access your, you still need to make it mobile friendly, obviously, but you're going to put more emphasis on the desktop experience than the mobile experience. So That's and it. in my experience, tablet yeah. is always like 0. 0.7 or something. Yeah, it seems yeah.
2: like it's less and less for, throughout all <laughs> my sites. That's such a good point, Sarah, because I, um, I, I feel the same way. Like on my site, I think I, I could look, but I think it's like 75% desktop. And then yeah. 20% or so uh, phone, and then maybe 5% tablet. So, of course, on my site, I'm gonna focus on desktop, which makes sense. I'm yeah. doing tutorials and courses and stuff to where yeah. not many people are gonna be doing too many courses on a phone more than likely. Um, yeah. However, worked with the pizza shop earlier this year. Their traffic yeah. is like 95% phone. So, we yeah. have, and I, I kind of knew before even looking at that, that most people are gonna be out and about, and like, oh crap, what's their number and look it up. Yeah. um so yeah that's where you definitely want to cater your site design to what's on there i know a lot of, this is kind of i don't want to derail us but a lot of people say you need design to design mobile first on every site yeah. i don't really agree with that it, it depends yeah. on what circumstance it is so yeah. uh, pizza shop yeah design mobile first but on yeah. my site I'm going to make sure desktop looks better before anything and make sure that's the priority. Yeah. Uh, And And of course we're
1: always going to do both, but it makes a lot more sense. Like, like you said, with the pizza shop, you want that one to have like big buttons and like be super intuitive on the mobile. So that straight away you see the phone number and straight away everything's clickable. And like the menu is like within thumb reach, you know, like all that kind of stuff, that's going to be your priority for that website. Whereas for your website, it's not really a priority to make sure things are within thumb reach because realistically they're not there as much and they just want to be able to see things.
2: Yeah. And then even, I think it's really important too. just talking about priority when we're designing and using Google analytics is because generally I do the desktop first. And then once I get the design done, then I optimize for mobile. Whereas with this pizza shop site, I actually, and I, I wish I would have done this when I designed it. I still did desktop first, but go in hindsight, I kind of wish I would have done mobile first and yeah. then spent more time on mobile because I spent about three fourths of the time on desktop and then did mobile. Yeah. Whereas now I probably would have done mobile first. And then, I yeah. know uh, that's kind of, it's kind of hard to do it that way. But uh, I just say that to say you want to prioritize depending on where your traffic yeah. is for sure. Yeah.
0: And another thing kind of on that note, not, as important as mobile versus desktop, but um, Google Analytics will tell you uh, where your traffic's coming from in terms of the browser and yeah. the, the OS. So if you That's see
1: that- like powerful I... stuff to have in your pocket when your client is like, it's not working on Internet Explorer. And you're like- right one uses internet explorer here's the proof
0: yep exactly so you don't have to waste time you know optimizing for ie if you know less than one percent of of the client's traffic or your own traffic is coming from from that browser but at
1: the same time like (laughs) Maybe most of your clients' traffic is on one of those awful Microsoft something or others because, like, all of their clients are, like, in the government, for example, where they are given a browser that they have to use and they don't have the option to use Chrome. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to suck it up and optimize for that. So that that data is actually really helpful. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah you don't absolutely.
2: One, uh, one simple way that I use this too on sites that are just kind of more like simple portfolio style sites or service-based sites. So, for example, like an auto mechanic. Um, one thing we'll do is let's say we have like a 10-page website. There's home, about us, meet the team, contact, and then services. And maybe there's like four or five services pages. One thing we can do is we'll look at analytics after a while and then we'll see what pages are the most popular. And then we'll often use that to make sure those pages look the best. Because let's say you do a 10 page website and then one of your services page is getting picked up on Google, but it looks terrible. Like that's one that you just threw some content in and you threw it up, or the the, uh, client added some content to it and then just put it up there. Then you can use Google Analytics to say, hey, this page on brake repair or brake changes is really popular, we should make this look really good. Let's add a contact form number and make sure this is converting. Um, so that's one way we use it too, is we'll just look at what pages are the most popular and to make sure those look really good and make sure we have, we're, we make sure that again, we're prioritizing our time with design and function with the website to what people are doing on the website. Cause you don't want to put all this time into pages that people aren't viewing. Mm.
0: Yeah um, Nancy in the, the chat, the live chat here, uh, asked about bounce rate. She said she she's confused about it. And so I thought it was a good time to, to bring that up. And that, that is definitely an excellent metric to, to look at and, and track. And yeah. there's a lot of things, um, or let me, let me take a step back and say what bounce rate is. Bounce rate is a percentage of users that leave your website without, uh, going to another page. Um, so you can also call them single page visitors. And so, um, while that's not always a terrible thing if you have a really in-depth blog post and they get what they want and you know and then leave that's fine but ideally you want well, like them...
1: the pizza shop they come they get a the phone number they
0: yeah leave. call yeah. yeah exactly so a high bounce rate isn't always a terrible thing but you definitely want to do things to bring that down and so or at least figure out why and so you can look at yeah. you can drill down and see what the bounce rate is on certain pages so okay the homepage might have a huge bounce rate on mobile because of the, you know, the pizza shop situation that, that Sarah mentioned. Um, Or you might have um, look and see that, okay, the bounce rate from traffic that I'm sending, you know, from Facebook ads has a really high bounce rate. Okay. Well, maybe my ads aren't the copy isn't really right. And so people are thinking it's something else and they're clicking on it and realizing it's not, I'm not delivering, you know? And so there's so many different things we could spend a a lot of time drilling into that, but um, but yeah, basically there's, uh, you can kind of start to play detective a little bit and, and look at, you know, what pages, you know, what, where the traffic sources are and kind of figure out why it's, uh, it's higher. And if it's necessarily a bad thing, um, yeah. but, but yeah, that's, yeah, a So really for
2: example, measure. I'm just, I'm looking at my analytics, my tutorial posts when I'm doing tutorials on YouTube. And then I have the posts where the traffic goes to those bounce rates are like in, generally in between 70 and 80%, which makes yeah. sense because they were on that tutorial. They watched the tutorial. They got what they're and they're gone. Um, yeah. Unless they happen to go to a product or a contact page or something. Whereas yeah. my home page and main pages are between 30 and 40%. So it's like, yeah. it's a drastic difference with bounce rate, all depending on, you know, what yeah, people so are you doing. Know
1: why or, they're coming and leaving. And if that's okay, if that was the intention and you now know they've done a tutorial and probably because you can also see the session duration. So if you know that people are coming to your tutorial page and they're spending five minutes on that one page, then they're bouncing like that's not a problem. If they come to it and they spend 10 seconds on the page and then they bounce, then, you know, you've got a problem because they haven't actually digested any of the information that just left. So a story on bounce rates and session durations before I was in websites, I worked for this um, international uh, nonprofit organization. And so they were working on their website and they were trying to get it better and better. And they were saying, oh, look at Google Analytics. It's going really well. Like we've got all of this traffic. We've got like thousands of people coming to our website every day. But we've noticed that they only come to the homepage for five seconds. <laughs> and then it was discovered that everyone in the organization had their homepage set as their like their their loading page on Chrome. So the whole organization was loading their website on the home page for five seconds and then going somewhere else. So they didn't have go Google as their thing. So their analytics was all off because no, like it was just the organization having it as their home screen. So don't recommend you do that. Or do you guys have recommendations? I mean that one's a hard one because you're trying to exclude thousands of people. But if you've just got like one owner and they are visiting their website a lot, um, how do you exclude that one person from being a part of the analytics or you yourself who's visiting the website?
0: So you can, you can filter by IP address or multiple IP addresses, whatever. So if they were all under one roof, you know, it might only be one IP address or a few or something, um, or yeah, the single owner thing, um, you know, or for your own sites, like, you know, we all visit our own sites quite a bit to, you know, test and make sure everything looks good. Look at your blog posts before you publish it, whatever. Um, and so, uh, you can filter by IP address. I think, um, another, I guess, another benefit. I'm, I'm thinking of them as we're, we're talking about this. Another benefit <laughs> of using a Google Analytics plugin is a lot of them will have a feature to um, exclude admins from being tracked, and so yeah, nice. it won't fire that Google Analytics code if if you're an admin or editor or something like that. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah, filtering by IP address um, is 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 the answer to that. Which, from my understanding, it's been a while since I've done it. It doesn't like necessarily delete it. It basically it excludes it from the reporting and so as if it's not there um but if you ever for some reason needed to get it back you can remove the filter and then it'll come back
1: yeah nice
2: yep
0: good yeah because that that'll always skew your your reporting a little bit when you're visiting your own site a lot so josh you said you get a lot of traffic from ohio that might be like 90 percent. i'm just kidding
1: (laughs) Yes. And it will, I mean, it it probably will skew your bounce rate too, because you're probably not clicking around your website and you're probably not spending a long time. You're just quickly checking something and then leaving. So you don't want to be getting inaccurate data. People might be spending a lot longer on your website, but you've like mucked up your bounce rate.
0: That's a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Another metric here that I think uh, a lot of people don't think of uh, with Google analytics is the average load time. And so, you know, we all, we you know, we talked about um, how to speed up your site and, and uh, you know, checking and testing your site, your load time and all that. And it might load really fast for you. It might, you know, appear to load fast with the testing tools. But a way to actually, you know, get a real answer is look at the average load time for your actual visitors. And so it's always going to be a little bit higher than you think. You're like, there's no way my website, you know, took five seconds to load. Well, it did for this person that was, you know, in, you know, across the world from you. Um, and so that can kind of help drive some decisions that you make, like, well, I am getting a lot of traffic from Australia, even though I'm a a U.S. company, maybe I should consider a CDN that has, uh, you know, a data center there because Australia is geographically really far and it's taking a long time for that, that data to get to them. Um, and then also you can look at on a per page basis. So you can see this page right here is taking forever to load. You know, maybe there's a reason there's a, a script that's, you know, messing up or the images there's way too many super oversized images so that i think that's something that people don't realize they can do in google analytics
2: yeah that's a super i mean and that's what that's one thing about google analytics it is really robust so you can get really in depth which is really cool but i've found most of my clients don't want to worry about that uh, which is why it's nice to have the plugins and the additional reporting tools we're talking about but If a client, like I said earlier with the photography client, if they want to look at where the most traffic is, they know how to do that and they have access to do that. So it's pretty cool. Um, But I was just going to say, if you feel like it's really overwhelming and you feel like it's just, you know, it's one more thing to deal with and it's just confusing and I don't have the time to learn all this. If I can give any advice as just kind of a snapshot, like a quick 30 second Google Analytics tutorial. It is, you can look at real time and I'm just gonna look at the labels. I'm looking at it right now. There's real time, which is what people are doing on your site right now. There's audience, which is who who is looking at your site. You can see demographics, you can see age. um, You can see all that good stuff. There's acquisition or audience is where geography is too, where they are. Acquisition is how people got to your site. So you can look at your traffic sources. If you're doing Google Analytics or you wanna see if you're pulling more people from Facebook or Instagram, you can find all that in, in acquisition behavior is the next thing that I focus on and that's what people are doing when they're on your site and then they, that's where you can find your site speed and all that good stuff and, and then, you can also um, see
1: the flow which is really useful yeah. so to be able to see what do people tend to do on the site like okay so they start on the home page but then where do they go and you get this whole like little map of like So I went here and then I went here and then I went here and then I went here. And And like, you can see like traditionally what people are doing and they might be missing a really important part of your website and that might be able to help you debug. something.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's one really cool area too. So, I mean, that's kind of how I, that's how I explain it to clients who want to look at a little more, but then don't want to feel terrified when they look at the dashboard. It's audience acquisition and behavior. Uh, Those three things are kind of where the starting points and you can drill down from there.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Um, another metric I wanted to to bring up is uh, new versus returning. Um, this is going to show you the percentage that are, are new first-time visitors versus returning. And it's like, I mean, you want both. You want a lot of new customers because you want to continue growing and getting more traffic and more you know new people uh, linking to you and stuff. But you also want people coming back too. And so um, you know, you can kind of look at that metric and then, um, you know, figure out ways, okay, how can I get more people coming back to my site? You know, adding, you know, opt-in forms for them to, you know, get an email list and then, you know, start getting my blog post via email, you know, whatever. So, um, that, that's a really good one too. Again, it's kind of hard because you're like, well, what is good? Uh, because I want a lot of new traffic. I'm getting, you know, I'm doing more ads. So I'm getting a lot of new visitors. And so you want that to grow, but you also want, you know, people coming back too. And so, um, so yeah, it, there's not like a perfect answer, but you kind of want to balance.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, balance. Yeah, balance is good. And it does depend on the industry, like totally. Uh, I I haven't looked at my percentage, but I'm going to get a lot of returning because I'm doing more tutorials and stuff. So naturally, or hopefully, people yeah. are liking a tutorial and they're going to come back. Whereas I'm trying to think of um, like if you're a service-based industry uh, that doesn't have a blog and you're just doing services. So so like a construction company, for example. If you're yeah. not doing blogs, it's just services, and people are just yeah. going on your website to to contact you or get more information. You're probably going to have a lot more new visitors um, than than uh, previous users. So yeah, it just kind of depends. There's really no right or wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Um, we we kind of touched on e-commerce a little bit, and and uh, you know the plugins that you can have. Um, I, I want to emphasize the importance of of adding e-commerce tracking to Google Analytics, because um, it is so, so valuable where you can see, you know, with you know a normal Google Analytics setup, you can see where your traffic's coming from and, and how long they're on your site and stuff. But when you add the e-commerce tracking on top of that, now you can see like where your most valuable traffic is coming from. If you're getting a lot of traffic from Facebook, but they're not buying anything, well, now you know. Okay, that's not as valuable. I should spend my time elsewhere, or you know, see if you can ramp that up and and change that metric. Um, you know, and you can see. Okay, um, for example, with with Divi Life, obviously I'm a Divi company, so Elegant Themes traffic. They send me traffic from blog posts and, and whatnot okay, their traffic converts really well. So like, you know, how can I get them to do another plugin highlighter or, or whatnot? So, um, yeah, to me, that is like for an online store, having e-commerce tracking is like one of the most valuable things that you can do, um, you know, for your, your marketing efforts is being able to, to track all of that. Um, and then, and then to kind of to Josh's point earlier, talking about, uh, you know, the geography, you can see, you know, the States or the countries or the regions, whatever that are, uh, bringing you the most revenue and so you can see i'm getting a ton of traffic from this area here geographically but they're not really converting they're not buying anything you know maybe i don't show ads to them because they're really just you know yeah say this but sucking up resources you know in terms of of revenue um, you know, maybe... So once
1: you install one of those plugins and you put in your, your UA code, will it generate all of that information or do you then need to do more work to make sure that you're getting that information? Does it just tell you this traffic came from Facebook and they bought?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question. So when you, you know, say, for example, with the, the WooCommerce Google Analytics Pro plugin, as soon as you install that um, you, it'll automatically sync up with WooCommerce and start tracking that that WooCommerce purchase data. There might be yeah. one thing that you have to turn on in Google Analytics just to show it in your reporting. It'll automatically start reporting it, but um, or tracking it. But I think you may have to turn on a feature so that it'll show up in your reporting. You know, there's a column for e-commerce or, or something like that. Yeah, I was just going to say simple. if
2: you if you want to do it without a plugin, I think you just go to e-commerce. And then like overview or something, you can learn more than it gives you the uh, the details. Uh, Tim, do you use a plugin for that or do you did you do it all naturally? I do
0: because without a plugin, you have to put in some parameters into the, the JavaScript so that it knows like mm. what a purchase is and, and, you know, where to grab that data. Where the plugin already has that, if it integrates with WooCommerce, then it will automatically know, you know, what the checkout page is and and how much a purchase. Yeah, I
1: think one of my clients is doing it without a plugin, and he's got like a thank you page. So, basically, when someone finishes a purchase, it takes them to a thank you page, and so then they've got data around when someone gets to the thank you page, that signifies that they completed a purchase.
0: Yeah, so that so that works really well for just measuring conversions, but I think for actually like getting the transaction
1: where they came amount, from amount. Yeah, like right.
0: you know whether it was yes. a. $15 or, a, you know, $100 yeah. purchase or whatever. I think you have to add additional parameters. Again, it's possible to do without a plugin, but just like how easy it is to install the plugin to me, it's worth yeah, and
1: It's probably worth that 90 bucks a year for most clients. That's going to make a difference for them. Even if yeah. it just means it saves them 90 bucks in how much advertising they invest into a particular location or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I use a plugin. Uh, I was using Google Analytics, uh, WooCommerce, Google Analytics Pro for that, and then now my store is on EDD, and so I use um, it's from a third party that uh, that EDD recommended, but um, uh, I don't even remember the name of it. Um, it's from some from, from random company. Uh, but
1: uh, we'll link it. We'll find it yeah. later and link
0: it. Yeah. yeah. Monster, <laughs> Monster Insights does both WooCommerce and yeah, nice. downloads. So. Yeah,
2: and, you know, one yeah. thing I was thinking of just hitting on, I know we're kind of, we are already talked talk about this for 45 minutes. So I know we were talking at the beginning, like, you know, we only got a few. This, this could be a short episode, but <laughs> yeah, we have plenty to talk about once we get going. Uh, um, one thing I was going to say, though, from a client perspective, as web designers, Google Analytics can really make you look cool. And it can make you look like you really care about their site because... Sometimes I'll go into a meeting and if it's with a client who's on my monthly plan and we're just kind of reevaluating the site, talking about things we can do, maybe updates. A lot of times I'll pull open their Google Analytics without even looking at it previously, but I just know the basics now so I can say, yeah, well, I noticed that this year, you know, we've had this many views Let's look at your demographics. Here's your most popular states. And it looks like you prepared like this huge presentation for hours. And all I'm doing is just looking at the analytics. And I just know where the the main pain points are that really that my clients love. So um, that's one way I've utilized it too, just to kind of add a little something more to my services for my clients by just showing them Google Analytics. And then if you do this in person, that's great. But you could also do like a, a video or we talk about using Loom which is a extension on Chrome to do little videos. Um, I do that stuff all the time now with clients who are interested in updates and to see what's really going on. So yeah, yeah, it's just a really powerful tool that can, it's it's free. It's easy to set up. It's simple yet really robust depending on how you want to look at it. And uh, yeah, it can really help you separate from the crowd for sure.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Great points. Is there anywhere in Google analytics you can shoot out a report? Like, I know you can do it with, like, Manage
0: WP, but is there somewhere just in Google Analytics? I think yeah. so. You can export uh, PDF reports, and I think you can even do, like, CSV reports, too. It's been a while since I've done it. Um, yeah. Move stuff around. But, yeah, when I was, uh, before I was out on my own, I was uh, working for a, a small software company in marketing. And so every week we had a, a marketing meeting, and I would generate those reports from Google Analytics. Yeah. Um, and you can, yeah, Google analytics, it's so powerful, not just the data, but also some of the customizations you can do. You can set up custom reports that shows, you know, just the things you want. Um, yeah. and then you can, you know, create custom dashboards, custom goals and, and, uh, different, uh, you know, conversions you want to track and stuff, different yeah, flows nice. and it's, yeah, I, I haven't dug into all that like custom stuff, but it is very, very powerful, uh, when you, you know, have the, the time and, and, uh, energy to kind of dig into it and, and, and learn how to do all the, the custom stuff.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I was just playing like just while we're talking, I was just playing. So I've done really basic stuff with my sites. Like I've really just tracked all the things that we've talked about so far. Um, but even just for my website, I just went under conversions goals and then created a goal. I think it was. Um, and so I just created a goal of contact page. And so then you can see how many people are actually making it to your contact page. So even for most clients, that goal would be a fairly standard goal that you could start to set, which is kind of cool. And then it just tells you like how many people are actually making it all the way to that contact, but you can go really specific. Like how many people did a a group chat or like, not a group chat, like the pop-up chat, how many people whatever, whatever your end goal is, what, whether it's making a purchase or whether it's contacting you, whether it's filling out of form, it looks like you can do that fairly easily, which is great. Yeah,
0: definitely. If, if you want to know something that's really addicting, Google analytics in general can be really addicting. <laughs> Once you yeah. have habit of Looking at it, you like want to just like continue looking at it and checking the numbers and stuff. But even more so is the, the real time tab. So you can see how many people are on your website, <laughs> right? Now. You can see what pages are on, like, yeah. Oh, are they going to purchase? Like, Oh no. They're <laughs> I've done that with
2: uh, some of my, my course stuff recently to where I'll release a section of the course or whatever. And I'm like, Ooh, three people are watching that lesson. I'm so excited. <laughs>
0: awesome. Yeah. I, I really don't know good. if there's anything necessarily like practical about it. It's, it's a huge time waster at the same time. I'm like, wait, yeah. hey, why am I watching this? <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Well, I think we're kind of getting close on time. I think this would be a, a good episode. I, I th- feel like we've we've skipped final thoughts the last couple. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and do final thoughts. Anyone want to go first? I won't call anybody out.
1: Yeah, I'm I'll go. Here, I've so got really simple go ones. Use it, don't be scared, and put it in your head section in integration. <laughs> that's, Boom. that's all. Just do it. It's it's really not that it's really not that scary. And if you feel overwhelmed, go check out like Josh's blog or whatever. Or there's even heaps of courses on Udemy, like you know, even really basic ones. So you know, don't be don't feel scared of it.
0: Great point.
2: Yeah. So my my final thought is a shameless plug to uh, check out my Google Analytics overview if you would like. I, I Tim, I dropped the notes in our little chat if uh, if you were oh, listening to put the show notes together. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just. You know, a little overview. And what I would say is kind of my final thought is think about analytics from your client's point of view. So obviously when you're talking to them, you don't want to use terms that are just going to terrify them or give that like deer in the headlights kind of look because they don't know what you're talking about, but try to just simplify and think customer first, because with Google analytics, I did what I've told you guys to the whole, the whole episode here where I just you know look at locations, look at page views and things like that and think about the main things that they would want. So generally what I do is try to put myself in my client's shoes. Like if I'm an auto mechanic, I probably want to know what pages are most popular, where the traffic is coming from, so I know how to use my advertising. Um, so I just try to have that mentality and that with just a basic knowledge of Google Analytics, you don't need to know that much. You just need to know those main areas and just some of the, the things we've talked about in this episode and you're going to be dangerous. You're going to be a whole another web designer for clients. So that would be my, if I can sum that up, keep it customer first, think about, you know, put yourself in their shoes and what would they want to know with Google.
0: Awesome. Um, Yeah. So my final thought is put it on all of your sites, all of your client sites, even if you're overwhelmed (laughs) listening to everything we've talked about and you're like, I'm not going to look at that ever put on your site anyways, because having it yeah. track there and it's free too, it's not going to cost you anything. It's not going to, you know, only takes a couple of minutes to add on. Um, but having that historical data is huge so that, you know, maybe later down the road you have, you know, you hire someone to redo the site, you know, you can have them look at the data to be able to see, you know, whether or not they should design for desktop first or mobile first or what the browsers. Um, And then if you decide, you know what, I'm going to start marketing and now now I need to uh, look at the data closer. It's there. You can, you know, go back and look at the historical data. And then in terms of uh, web designers doing it for, for clients, um, put it on all your client sites, no matter what, even if they're not on your maintenance plan, as Sarah mentioned, she put it on for a client that, uh, website that she built. And, um, and this particular story, it wasn't actually tracking, but, uh, in general it'll track and then they'll love you for it. So if they ever come back to you later, whether they're on your maintenance plan or not, and says, is there any way to see how much traffic I'm getting? You can be like, the hero and say yeah. as a matter of fact yes you can yep.
2: and it just it shows uh, that you care too with such a simple yeah. thing a two-minute setup or less yeah and yeah. It, a few months from then a be back like, hey is there any way to see my page views and I'm like absolutely check this out and they're yeah. like wow because some of the designers they don't they don't set it up and if somebody's interested like i wonder what pages are most popular and they're like uh yeah i don't know um, it's just kind of <laughs> a long way for you. So, And I know that from experience because a few years ago, I was like, oh, uh, and then I just kind of fumbled my way through. And a little- yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And then one last thing I want to add is um, also kind of goes with it is add uh, Google Search Console, um, previously known as Google Webmaster Tools. They, yeah. they work together, but they do different things. And so uh, that's also really important because um, one thing that Google Webmaster Tools does is it's going to show you um, all the search queries that people are typing in to get to your site and stuff, yeah. and you 'd think that yeah. would be google analytics, but it 's not it 's a little different yeah. um, and so that 's also really important and as josh Josh mentioned, you can set up Google Analytics and then verify Google search console through analytics um, and so that that 's pretty important yeah,
1: so always do analytics first when you 're yep. going to do that because yeah, it just makes it so much
0: easier and then all,
2: you just need one gmail you can do it through your business gmail or if your client has a gmail they feel comfortable giving you access to or if the client, like a lot of times if a client is already established and they already have Google analytics set up, but they want me to redesign the site, I'll just have them add my email, yeah. my Gmail to their, uh, they can just add me as a user with privileges and then you're good to go. So it's really versatile. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so one bit of housekeeping here, uh, next week and the week after, so Tuesday, December 25th, as well as Tuesday, January 1st, we will not be having Divi chat. We'll be taking a break for the holidays and then we will resume on Tuesday, January 8th, same time, same place. And we'll do some sort of new year's topic. That's what it has on our sheet here is is <laughs> new, new Year's topic, topic. question mark. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good time
2: for uh, maybe some user submissions. See what, what everyone wants to hear about.
0: Yeah, maybe.
2: Uh, oh, maybe. Uh, maybe maybe some WordPress five stuff. Maybe we could talk about experiences that we've had so far with updating and any nightmare experiences or any good experiences. Yeah. throwing it out there. Just gonna throw it out there. That's,
0: no, that's a great idea. <laughs> Definitely. That would um, require
2: well,
1: most of us to have actually updated to WordPress five to be able to review.
2: You know what, Sarah? I did. I'll just say <laughs> I did seventy some <laughs> sites all updated to the latest version and everything. Zero problems. Wow! Update Divi first, then WordPress. Uh, update Ooh. update Divi and plugins, in your WordPress stuff, and then.
1: And do you have Classic Editor installed? Yeah,
2: all classic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to derail us, but I did not care. So, for, okay, so another
1: funny story. Just before we finish, I like <laughs> yeah. I had this staging site, and I was like, "Oh well, I've just got it. I finished doing what I need to. I'm gonna like update it and just see what happens." So I like update Divi, update WordPress, and I'm like, nothing's changed. Like even the Divi nothing looks different, like, what the hell? And then I was like, oh, I have Classic Editor installed. And then when I uninstalled that, suddenly I was like, whoa, everything's different. (laughs) So the Classic Editor plugin does work, I will say. But yeah, I'm I'm in the camp of, I'm still holding off a little while. I'll probably do mine in January at some point.
0: Yeah, same. Um, One thing I wanna throw out there, if you are having any issues with the, the updates, um, particularly the the Divi 3.18 plus um, new backend builder. Try changing your permalinks. Um, we on my end with Divi Life updated um, all of our plugins to be compatible with the new backend builder and everything. But for some people, they're like, "Hey, it's still not working." And then they change their permalinks from whatever they had set uh, to back to plain and then hit save. And then once it reloads, immediately change it to back to whatever you have, and that in most cases will immediately fix the issue. I've also saw it happen um, with uh, uh, a friend in the the Facebook groups with the Divi library with the new backend builder trying to edit um, existing layouts in the Divi library with the new backend builder, and then changing permalinks fixed it. So, um, so throwing that out there, if that's helpful for anybody. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, everyone, for. Tuning in to another episode of Divi Chat. Thanks to everyone in the live stream. If you are listening to this or watching this later, uh, we have an awesome uh, group of, of regulars that, that join us in the live stream every week and contribute to the conversation. And so um, definitely encourage you to, to come and tune in live. And once again, we will be back two weeks from today. Or I'm sorry, three weeks from today. The next two weeks will be off and we will resume on uh, January 8th. I was like, shoot, I don't want to get that wrong. Um, (laughs) So again, yeah, thanks everyone.
2: Yeah, thank you all. Great year. Looking forward to the next one.